0: Good afternoon, and thank you so much uh, for your patience, and uh, thank you for joining us. This is Lifetime Live with me, Prisalda Tutumashe. We're together until whatever time we'll tell you, and uh, we're broadcasting live from the Wanderer Stadium for the 16th Nelson Mandela annual lecture, which will be delivered by the former U.S. President Barack Obama. And uh, I just have to um, announce that uh, we we had a double play starting off the show. Uh, We started off uh, with uh, Letambulu saying um before i the uh, be down by the river and uh, we also had Mary J Blige um, before I let you go and right now we begin our conversation uh, for this Wednesday and uh, we are going to be focusing on the psyche of uh, protesters in South Africa. What's driving the demonstration in our streets in South Africa? I I mean what is the motivation behind the violence that comes with uh, being dissatisfied about uh, service level delivery and uh, we are going to be telling you what's happening here at Wander stadium at a later stage, Um, but right now my guest has been patiently waiting on the line, uh, Mr. Trevor Nguane, who is a South South African uh, socialist and anti-apartheid activist. Good afternoon and welcome, sir. Thank you so much uh, for taking our call, I mean this this should be a a warning factor Um, and and, you know research indicates that uh, protests are not unique to South Africa, it's a global phenomenon, but (coughs) we we have to talk about the psyche of our protesters, why is it that it's so easy to rather resort to looting and vandalizing as a way of um, showing our dissatisfaction?
1: Yeah it's, yeah, it's a concern, but um, most of the protests are actually peaceful, although there is a trend of increasing disruption and violence. I think uh, we, sh- we have to distinguish between violence as in attacking people, attacking cars, and disruption as in burning tires, uh, building barricades, maybe to-, to stop cars from moving around.
0: So so what is at the center of um the many protests that we're seeing that have uh, given rise in our communities
1: Well uh, there's a, a broader problem of uh, unfulfilled uh, promises and demands as you know that uh, the struggle against apartheid led by you know uh, symbolic figures like Mandela the vision was of a new South Africa We should be just and equal, where everyone, you know, would get what they need and want and be treated with respect. But it looks like uh, that vision is uh, retreating further and further away. There is increasing inequality, including among black people themselves. We just had the Marikana massacre, where government police shot down minors demanding a living wage. You know, the rich get richer. So there's that broader context. And then secondly, there are specific issues which worry communities, especially working-class communities in the townships and the villages, such as, you know, people demand houses, they live in shacks, they want clean water, uh, you know, they want electricity. So, you know, there's a range of issues. But I think the broader context is the fact that Mandela's vision has not been fulfilled.
0: I mean, we're heading to um, the elections in 2019, and I um, I worry about, uh, once again, going back to the communities and making promises. And um, how do we then ensure that uh, some of the promises that are made, uh, co- what can communities do to ensure that the, the promises that are made get delivered?
1: Well, it's interesting because research, uh, gone in, into the 2014 national election, show that, uh, most people who voted for the ANC, about half of them had not completed high school. That means they didn't have metric. And 60% of them were unemployed. So obviously, you know, the ANC is being voted in by people who have a big grievance against itself. So it's hard to say what's going to happen in 2019. And that might partly be the reason why we don't see a lot of investment in South Africa because, you know, investors are also worried, you know, what will happen if the ANC lose the election. So that's Correct. the background uh, problem. And then secondly, you know, the ANC has lost credibility in terms of um, uh, corruption so we have uh, President Ramaphosa now trying to do damage control. The NC has lost legitimacy because of division in, inside itself, but that's also because the NC is struggling to recreate itself, to make itself better than what it has become. So I don't know whether there will be more promises. Probably there will be more promises, but I don't think that's the way they should go. I think they should rather have an honest conversation with the masses you know, discussing the way forward and getting from the people themselves the views of how this country can be recreated, rebuilt
0: The masses themselves, I, I, what would be an alternative um, to the violence um, that comes with uh, some of the protests? Uh, how else do communities uh, communicate the dissatisfaction?
1: Well, well you, know, you know, they can and vote, uh, and they can they participate can... in, you know, government structure, public participation. Unfortunately, that, that hasn't worked over the past 20 years. So that is why the people resort to to disruption, uh, to protest, to, to violence. So that is why I think what has to change is the nature of the state, the nature of the ruling party, the ANC. Or the end self is replaced, and the new political party takes leadership with a different approach, which takes to, into account the voice of the party.
0: Now, I, I'm sure that uh, protests are not uh, unique to South Africa, and this is a global phenomenon. What's happening elsewhere in the world?
1: Well, certainly, um, you know, we saw in the, in the U.S. over the past five years, ten years, in fact, like 2011, Time magazine Declared the year is the year of the protest, because everywhere there are protests. There was the Arab Spring, Tunisia, Egypt, in the Middle East, there were Occupy Movement, in the U.S., in France, in you know, Portugal, Spain. So the general dissatisfaction with what I would call a liberal democracy, let's say bourgeois democracy, the, you know, the democracy of the French Revolution. The democracy of the separation of powers, so there is a feeling that people vote, but the elected uh, politicians don 't do what people do want, rather, they seem to be serving what has been called the one percent this is the you know the big bosses who 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 run the companies rather than serving the mass of the people. so I think in South Africa, this problem would be compounded. Tremendously, because remember that if the people in England feel that they are not being listened to, they feel that they are getting poorer. We inherited a very skewed system from apartheid. It meant new grievances are actually being piled upon old ones. So we're in a really bad state from that point of view.
0: So. I mean, I go back to the question I asked earlier that how do we then hold politicians to account? Um, what else is an option? I, I, and I'm asking this because there seems to also be a challenge with how um, the police respond to crowd control when there's a, a, a protest match. Um, Could it be that uh, that also becomes part of the problem, that instead of um, managing um, crowd control in an effective manner, um, rather people are just uh, frustrated to a point of um, ending up with criminality?
1: The police is wrong, but we should uh, understand the context within which they are working and the mandate they are fulfilling. This is a society that is divided between the rich and the poor, with the majority poor, with about forty percent unemployed. So what has to change is what I can call structural. So, you know, the economy has to change and serve the poor. This means there should be massive redistribution of wealth. Just now people are talking about nationalization of the land without compensation. This is the kind of change that is needed, you know, where Ordinary people don't survive through social grants, but actually, you know, uh, own, own a piece of the economy, either through land, through jobs. So this is the, the primary uh, change that is wanted. Secondly, I think how the government operates, how elections are run, should also change, in the sense that maybe we need a, a constituency-based system of election where members of parliament are responsible for specific uh, areas so that there is more direct control over people in parliament. I also think that a bigger voice should be given to maybe the trade unions, community organizations, civics, student organizations. For example, let's take the students. Students have, have to have more say over how universities, schools are run. I mean, we saw the movement of the students calling for decolonization now that movement died down, and now it's up to the university administrators to do what the students demanded. But the administrators are very slow. So it is better if structures be created where universities, you know, also include students, also include the broader community in mapping out how, you know, education is run on a day-to-day basis. It's the same with uh, local government, you know, communities should be there in the council chambers debating and giving their advice and saying what they want and how they want services to be delivered where they live.
0: I'm going to take um, this last minute, um, uh, Dr. Nguane, and ask you what your hopes are for the speech that is about to be delivered by um, former president of the U.S., uh, President Barack Obama.
1: Obama, you know, was a president of a country which is exactly where we don't want to go, which is a capitalist country run by big business. So I think maybe Obama learned his lesson that although he was in power, but, you know, the police in the U.S. continued to shoot down black people willy-nilly. So what has to change is structural. The wealth must go to the people. The power must be distributed to ordinary people. Only the poor, only the homeless will come up with a police to address homelessness and to address poverty. You cannot leave those big decisions to the elite, to the rich, to those who are enjoying the good life whilst we suffer.
0: Thank you very much uh, for joining us and uh, for that enlightening conversation, Dr. Trevor Nguane, who is a South African socialist and uh, an anti apartheid activist. Thank you very much for joining us. Sir. All right, uh, we're going to take uh, news headlines uh, with Utsile Saku.